when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. It's the holiday season. Eagles get the win. Welcome in the live post game show. Everyone on the Jacob Media YouTube channel as well as 6ABC.com. My name is Mark Farzetta. They're right there. You see him. He's never looked better. His name's Derek Gunn. And then look at it. She's just amazing, as always. Devin Caney, John McMullen will be joining the show a little bit later, live from the link. But I am just giddy with excitement. Over that Eagles victory. They shook off a rough start, guys. And boy, did they finish strong. Well, it, it was to be expected. They hadn't played in 15 days. Mm. Jalen Hurts hadn't played in 23 days. And you couple in the fact it's a division game, and especially when you play in a rugged division like the NFC East, uh, it was a little bit more entertaining th- than it should be. Uh, but once the Eagles established the running game, it was academic from there, although Washington kept fighting back and making it a lot closer than a lot of people wanted it to be, especially Devin, who was uh, <laughs> basically on a pacemaker in the first half. You know? But that, that, that's another story in itself. We'll Mark, get, we'll get Mark, there. Mark, you should have heard the conversation <laughs> we were having by way of texting back and forth in the first half. I'm like, Devin? Calm down. <laughs> he okay. was talking me off a ledge. Literally. I don't. I don't blame you. That was a really shaky start. I mean, the first you go into the game and it's like this team should should have forfeited already. Shouldn't even be playing this game. The Eagles should have to already have the win in their back pocket and then focus right. on the Giants on Sunday. That didn't happen. And then by some weird, I don't know, divine intervention, Dallas Goddard gets a ball kicked off his heel yeah. into the hands of Landon Collins, who fortunately did not wasn't able to return that ball for a touchdown. Washington gets the ball. They end up scoring the touchdown anyway. But uh, long story short, Eagles made a lot of mistakes early. The Goddard one was another one, a drop that turned into the interception, uh, the, the the Jalen Hurts fumble. But they bounced back from all that. A couple of bad penalties on the offensive line, one by Jordan Mailata, the other by uh, uh, Cepeda, who, by the way, wouldn't have even played if they played this game on Sunday or forfeited the game thanks to Landon, uh, Landon Dickerson, excuse me, testing positive mm-hmm. for COVID or being put in COVID protocol. But they shook off that rough start. And they made things happen for them later on. So, Devin, it was well worth just, you know, sticking with them and doing what uh, Derek Gunn and I always do, which is just have faith. Just have faith. You know, I I I never would have guessed that Derek Gunn would be the person. I mean, and what an honor to have Derek Gunn to be the one to talk me off a ledge. But you know, the second that that Dallas Goddard interception happened, that was like divine intervention. It was like, oh, it's just incomplete. Oh, wait, no, it's an interception. Washington's ball. It was like... 
Was that not the most Philadelphia sports moment ever? <laughs> well, it was like, why can't we have yeah. nice things? It's supposed to be an easy win. I was predicting the Eagles were going to win by like double digits. And then here we are all of a sudden finding ourselves down 10 nothing to the Washington football team. So I was not in a great place. I'm texting Deeg on like, why are there not more boos? Why is the crowd not booing? He's like, oh, they're booing. They're booing. You can hear him. So Deeg, thank you so much. Are you trying to tell me that I don't have it within me to be a calming factor? You were surprised that I have this nice demeanor about me occasionally? Um, well, that I have this calming nice factor is, about nice, me? Nice strong word here. Yeah. It's more like, Mark, okay, lady, calm down. In all honesty, Gunnar, I think Devin really started to get to know you during uh, pumpkin spice latte season. And that's mm -hmm. when you might be a little over-caffeinated, a little on edge. So she might think that you're a little negative during that time. And now that it's the holiday season, the Christmas season, my friend, hey, you're a little bit more laid back. Look, yeah, pumpkin exactly. Pumpkin spice is no more caffeinated than any other coffee out there. It's not like they put extra pumpkin juice in it or something. It's just a flavor, okay? <laughs> there's no more. Don't try to use that. I'm there's a, a nice, there, there's there's a nice side of D Gun who lives in Camelot, and there's the other there's the other side of D Gun who. Well, we won't talk about that side of D-Gun right now. No, no, no. no. You know what? That side, that side of D-Gun, that scares me almost as much as the Eagles did in the first couple of possessions. It's called a yeah. segue, folks. All right. This uh, live post-game <laughs> show for the people watching on 6abc.com and the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Don't forget that we are exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Book your New Year's Eve weekend at Ocean Casino and go for the live shows. Go for the win. Let's talk about this for a second here. It was a rough start. We all acknowledge that. And we'll focus on that, and we'll talk about that as the show goes on, obviously. But what impressed me the most about this game tonight was how Jalen Hurts and this Eagles offense responded as the game went on. Mm -hmm. I cannot mm -hmm. get over. The th Look, you talk about Dallas Goddard going up and catching that football, making a play for Jalen Hurts early in the game. He also had the drop earlier in the game as well. He had a couple of drops in this game. But all in all, I can't get over – the throw that Jalen Hurts made down the sideline to Devontae Smith that reeled that in, getting both feet down as Jalen Hurts was rolling to his right to avoid the pressure, extend the play, made that throw to Devontae Smith, and then later in the game, extended the play again and hit Greg Ward for that incredible touchdown throw and that incredible touchdown catch, putting it in a spot where only your wide receiver could get that ball. Jalen Hurts definitely de-gun, as you were saying earlier. Looked like he needed to shake off a little bit of rust, having 23 games in between, or 23 days in between games. And he looked like he certainly did that as the game went on. But it only took a while, you know, yeah. to, to get back in the saddle, which is understandable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you were talking about the throw he made to Devonta Smith. Nice throw, but what an incredible catch by sure. Devonta Smith. When your momentum is moving that fast, and you're still able to focus on a ball, a defender behind you, and drag both feet feet and bounds. That, that's incredible body control. And then the back shoulder throw he makes to Greg Ward. You know, Greg Ward finally comes out of comes out of hibernation. You know, and I've always wanted. You guys have heard me say this time and time again. I don't understand why they don't use Greg Ward more in a passing game. Mm -hmm. He's a sure-handed receiver. He's always making a big catch. You know, he was referred to uh, at one point as first down Greg. You know, uh, a year ago, every time he caught a pass, it seemed like it was for a first down. You know, I just didn't understand why. When you consider that uh, much of much of the Eagles' passing game had been a two-man passing game with Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard, you know, and the other guys weren't really living up to expectation, why not give Greg Ward a chance? And finally, he gets that chance, and I guess his first touchdown 
uh, of the season. But <clears throat> I thought Jalen Hurst bounced back real nice once he got in the flow, made some nice throws, uh, ran when he had to. I thought Nick Sirianni called a great game. And more importantly, let us put this Gardner Minshew mess to rest. I want to hear more about Gardner Minshew. Okay. Oh. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. Wow. Gardner Minshew, if you're watching, you're I must, hear about, okay? I don't hear about that mess anymore. I uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> First quarter and a half of play, it, and my finger was near that button. Stop. It was near that button. Oh. It was near oh. that button. Stop this is a playoff push we're talking it. about. It's a playoff push. And, and, and Mark, so was I. Jaylen, there you go. See, Devin, so there I. you and go. I think, like, you, you go. know we talk about this. We're like, there's sure. not a quarterback controversy. Jalen Hurts is the guy. By by the end of the first quarter, I was mm -hmm. like, it, the, the button was here, and I was I right. was really close. We weren't hitting yeah. that right. Mania button. Right. We weren't hitting the button. We didn't hit the button. We, we weren't hitting it. it. We were just going, oh, there's mm -hmm. the button. And did we know where it is. And Jalen Hurts responded and played great and made both, me go, oh, I don't need you. that button. Put it away. Both of mm -hmm. you, ye of little faith. You know, let me go back to what I told Devin in the first set. Devin? Yeah, what did you say? Tell her. Tell, oh, I, I'm going to let her tell. I'm going to let her tell. Gonna have a, quote it verbatim. Because, you know, normally she embellishes what I say. So I want you to quote it verbatim. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Verbatim. Um, all right. All right. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Where does it start? Oh, I got to look um, back and see if D Gun said oh, anything nice. After, I, I believe it was Ooh. after. That first, the the Dallas Goddard, where the ball it became an interception. He just sent me a laughing emoji and said, "Get ready." <laughs> I was Love talking the about support. the booing. I was oh. talking about the booing. I said, okay. "Get ready." And All I right. said, "Ugh," and he said, "My side hurts from laughing." So, uh, <laughs> and I said, "Honestly, just burn the whole team down." And then he said, "Ha ha 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 ha!" Forever. It's only the yep. first quarter. Yes, man yeah. of and peace it was, yeah. here. Man of peace. And then let, let's get to the kicker here. Negadelphia. Negadelphia. That was his term. Mm. It was basically him saying, relax, you're being too negative. So Yes. Yes. But you're the one were laughing you, at our not, pain. What? Now, now I was laughing at you. You were ready to oh. blow up the whole thing in the first quarter. <laughs> Give it a chance. You know, I, was, it, I wanted just... to burn down the whole team in the first quarter. I was very upset. Very, very upset. But they well, turned it around so that, they did, including Dallas Goddard. I'm glad he bounced back from that and had a great game. The, and that's yeah, that's the last time I try to talk you off the Walt Whitman Bridge. I'm telling you right now. That's it. That's it. Last time. That's it. Ouch. Well, well the, you know what? Let's stay on the good side of that bridge, I guess, for the people mm -hmm. that just like to take a stroll. Well, it's more of the Ben. It's more of the Ben Franklin, yeah, that people like to stroll across. Uh the Minnesota Vikings, seven and seven. Philadelphia yep. Eagles, seven and seven. New Orleans Saints, who the Eagles hold the tie break over, seven and seven. There is a three-way tie record-wise and record-wise only with the Vikings and the Saints at both seven and seven right now with three games left in the season. Saints riding a high coming off that great win over the Buccaneers, nine to nothing win on, what was that, Sunday night game? Uh, and then Minnesota still has the Bears to face again. And I don't know if you caught that game uh, Monday night. The Bears are not good at football, but the Eagles mm. – who do have the quick turnaround now to face the Giants on Sunday, uh, are not going to be facing the Daniel Jones Giants yeah, yeah. that somehow magically beat the Eagles a couple of weeks ago. But they're going to be facing the Mike Glennon uh, Giants, who are also not that good at football. So hopefully the Eagles help their own cause as this season goes on with the Giants, Washington again, and then they round things out against the Dallas Cowboys, who let's all keep our fingers crossed. I know we don't want to do this, but we're not rooting, we're not rooting for the Cowboys 
we're rooting hard for the Eagles' playoff chances. Huh? So the mm-hmm. Giants, so the Cowboys at the Week 18, as it's been said a million times already, hopefully that game doesn't mean anything to them. They rest their starters, and it's an easy win for the Eagles, we hope. Uh, but right now, the Eagles' playoff chances very much still alive with this victory. Like I said, three, two other teams other than the Eagles, uh, both 7-7 seven and seven records right now. So the Eagles just need to keep helping their cause, and they got just the schedule and just the opponents to do that. The Eagles control their own destiny, and, and, and you look at the way the games are falling in line for them. You know, now you go from a guy who was just pulled off the street on Friday, um, you know, hadn't played football in who knows how long, had only thrown a handful of passes in the National Football League, and he looked pretty calm back there for the first half. You know, um, and now all of a sudden they're going to play Mike Glennon. Um, you know, Mike Glennon. Did yeah. you see him play against Dallas? I'd rather have uh, Garrett Gilbert. You know, <laughs> then to play Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon is horrible. You mm. know, and, and you know, and, and the Giants are a team that's beat up also. But then you have that rematch down in Washington, and I expect this Washington team to be a lot healthier. And I expect that team to give them a problem. I don't care who's quarterbacking them, but I expect them to give the Eagles some some problems down there because it's the revenge game. It's another division game, and that's going to set the stage for that Dallas game. And keep your fingers crossed. That Dallas doesn't need that game, you know, uh, coming in here in the right. last game of the season, with, you know, with the Eagles also needing that game. You know, you talk about nail biting. We need to get Devin an oxygen tent. We need to get her uh, a sleep mask, you know, for the night before the game. If it comes down to both teams, if Dallas needs that game for a playoff positioning and the Eagles need that game just to get in the playoffs, you know, Mark, we're going to have to, uh, we're gonna have to do some intervention intervention for Devin. I'm just telling you right Devin, now. I'm gonna need at I'm, least I'm two of the you, bottles behind Mark. I'm, two I'm of those te- stateside bags. Oh, she two? Wow. <laughs> Not one, Absolutely. two. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. But that reminds me, I was gonna say, you know, we know how the Eagles and Jalen Hurts have played under pressure. Or what what did we call it, Mark? When he's playing against quarterbacks who he respects, you know, when he's playing against a quarterback like Tom Brady, where he doesn't perform well. But today was technically his first NFC East win no because he lost they lost against the giants so you know he's made this first hurdle maybe maybe they'll come out a little bit stronger and he'll be more sure of himself and get the rust off when they face them again and obviously the rest of our games are against nfc east opponents but maybe i won't need the oxygen mask Erica. maybe (laughs) i hope not i sure hope not yeah you know but i i I thought jalen Hurst played with a lot of poise you know he shook off some of that early rust uh he made really good decisions uh with the football as I expected, he take he took care of the football. You know, he had one bad game where he threw what three picks in a game. But mm. you know, for the most part, Jalen Hurts is, is doesn't turn the ball over a lot. You know, um, you know, he might not make a, uh, some of the throws that frustrate Eagles fans. Um, you know, we still question uh, his ability to throw a, a deep ball. You know, uh, we we don't consider him to be a strong arm quarterback. But in this particular system, Nick Nick Sirianni's system, you know, he can make the throws that has to be made. And, you know, with these guys having the ability to turn and get yards up the field and get that yak yardage, it makes his numbers look uh, that much more impressive. But um, I I thought considering the magnitude of the game, um, you know, giving him a few extra days of rest, it didn't look like he had any ill effects whatsoever from that ankle. Uh, I thought Jalen Hurst played a great game tonight for the Eagles. Oh, yeah, I think he absolutely did. And here's what I wanted to see for Jalen Hurts, because we, we've talked all year about just he's an easy guy to root for with that mentality, that mindset, the work ethic that he has. Easy guy to root for. 
I was hoping that those little spells that he was having in the early goings of this game weren't going to continue, not just for the fact that I right. wanted the Eagles to win this game, right. but I don't, I don't want there to be any type of, oh, should my hand be near this button to hit the Minshew Mania button, Devin, as you put it earlier? <laughs> I, I didn't want that to happen. I want to concentrate on just having a guy that's trying to be the franchise quarterback in this football team and a guy that we followed all year long and a guy that has always said he's above all the conversation about somebody else that could be the starting quarterback of the Eagles. So that's why I find him to be easy guy to root for. He pushed all that aside after the first quarter and a half of football. I mean, think about this for a second. The first series of the game where he gets the ball, one of his best target, probably his best target, tight end Dallas Goddard, has the ball, hit him in the hands. He tries to run before he catches it. Classic mistake. And it winds up being an interception. He came back. He ended up fumbling. He got an earful from uh, Nick Sirianni on the sideline. Mm -hmm. If he caught that as he walked off the field. And he responded to that. I wanted Jalen Hurts, not just the Eagles to win, but I wanted Jalen Hurts to have a, a, a get-right game, if you will. I wanted him to take away any fuel to the fire of Minshew mania or any question about who was the starting quarterback of this team. It didn't start out that way, but like I said earlier, it certainly ended that way, and that was the word that I think you hit the nail on the head, Gunner. poise. That's ultimately what you want from a quarterback, and that's what he showed in this game. When you can run the football 41 times for 238 yards compared to throwing the football 28 times, that takes a lot of pressure off a quarterback as well. And the way they run, they ran the football, once they got rolling in the second quarter and for the rest of this game, you know, that helps the quarterback relax that much more. It, 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 it takes the onus off him of having to do spectacular things to keep the chains moving, uh, to keep his offense on the field and not turn the ball over to that opposition. And, you know, he was 20 of 28. That's a pretty doggone good night for any quarterback in the mm -hmm. National Football League. You know, and the fact that this team chewed up two, 238 yards worth worth of real estate against the, what, fourth, fifth-ranked uh, run defense in the league. And when you look at what they've done, they've now faced the number one, the number five, and the number six run defenses in the National Football League, and they have chewed them up. And the big reason why the Eagles are sitting where they are right now is because Nick Sirianni – finally identified the run game can carry you a long way in this pass happy league that we like to watch. You know, the run game still has its value in the national football league. And when you have a quarterback who is as under the microscope as Jalen hurts is week in and week out. And he knows he may not admit it openly, but he knows each game is an audition for him to help this organiza uh, organization to make some decisions about what he is or isn't to this organization and what they may have to do or may not need to do uh, beyond the season. That's a lot of pressure for a young man, 23 years of age, to carry on his shoulders. But, again, the word poise comes into mind because everything he's done up to this point has been about poise. We have never seen him rattle, whether it's on the sideline, whether it's in front of a camera, in front of the media. Everything he does when he conducts his business is with poise. And he handles himself very well, and it shows when he gets between the lines. Mm -hmm. certainly did tonight. Absolutely. I, I absolutely agree, Degon. You know, we talk about his mental strength, his mentality, his poise. Sure. But also, and I'm not taking away from Jalen Hurts or anyone on offense's performance tonight, but I have to say our offensive line tonight, even with two guys out, uh, Driscoll and, and Dickerson, of course, with COVID, they played incredibly. Jason Kelsey, he was injured. Mm -hmm. Like, and he came mm -hmm. out and played like a beast. Same with Lane Johnson. And I think that, I mean, of course, an O-line is an O-line. They're never going to get, like, the glory of a quarterback or receiver. But they played 
so well tonight. And I think our offense owes a lot of their success to them as well. So, mm-hmm. And two of the mistakes that happened early were on the offensive line. Again, Milata, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, or Peta, sorry. Uh, those two bad penalties that called back uh, a first down and also called back, I believe it was a 19-yard or 9-yard uh, gain by Dallas Goddard. But they bounced back in this game. And, yeah, Kelsey's blocking downfield, mm-hmm. especially on that big Miles Sanders run where I think he could have cut mm-hmm. it on the inside or should be cut it yeah. to the outside instead of cut it to the inside. Outside, I think he still had a chance of getting the touchdown. Inside, he definitely didn't, and we saw how that play resulted. They ended up getting the touchdown anyway. But even even Jason Kelsey, who was booking it down the field, and I described him on Twitter during the game, is basically a walking lower body injury at this point in the season. 34 years old, 11 mm-hmm. season in the league. He's still motoring down the field like that, and he was able to get down the field, able to make the block. Miles Sanders didn't run behind him. Instead, cut it to the inside. Jason Kelsey even threw his arms up like, no, you got to follow me, man. Maybe Miles thought that the, the better play was to the inside. Obviously, he did, so that's why he cut it that way. But, no, that offensive line played phenomenal football, especially in the second half of this game where they just allowed Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts. I mean, Jalen Hurts' first down where they were pushing him through the pile and all that. Mm-hmm. It was just an amazing effort by everybody on that offensive line. Who, By the way, all the problems they've had offensive line health-wise this year, mm-hmm. they haven't missed a beat. They have not mm-hmm. missed a beat all year. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they, they struggled somewhat earlier in the season. The, the, the Detroit game was really the turning point for this offensive line in terms of uh, finding continuity no matter who was in there. You know, Jason Kelsey sets the tone for the offensive line. And you look at what they had in there tonight. To his right, he had Nate Herbig. And to his left, he had Sua Opeda. You know, those are not guys that normally play their positions. You know, and, and Herbig, he has struggled for a lot of this year. But, you know, again, you can't say enough about what Jeff Stoutland does with these guys week in and week out to get them ready for a football game. And because you have Kelsey as a stabilizing force in that offensive line, it just makes everything else just click along that old line. You know, Jason Kelsey, you know, I'm going to hate to see him go whenever he decides to hang it up. But, you know, and, and, and it shows how much he's respected because he got more votes than any other center for the Pro Bowl this year. So that tells you how much people respect him. His his intelligence, his, his intelligence, his football IQ, his physicality, and his ability to be still very effective playing at the age of 34, his 11th season, and playing nicked up as well, especially at this stage of the season. But real quick on that, the Lions game, something else also I think times up pretty well with that. They started running the football. Yeah, they started exactly. giving the offensive line yeah. a chance to just be a thud and done offensive line and not having to hold that. So a lot of that goes back to really the play calling uh, from Nick Sirianni right. and saying, mm-hmm. all right, you know, maybe maybe I shouldn't have Jalen Hurst try to do everything in this offense. Let me try to actually run the football and use Miles Sanders. Uh, call up Jordan Howard, even though that was uh, due to an injury more so than anything. Kenny Gainwell run the football. Boston Scott came in much later and was running the football well. They allowed that offensive line to really come together through running the football. How novel. If only they would have done that at the start of the year, where would we be right now? I'll tell you what, that Giants loss wouldn't feel so bad. We wouldn't be mm-hmm. in the spot right now looking at this team the way we're looking at it today, saying, oh, maybe they can help their own cause by winning the last three games, now four or th- four games, now three games of the season. Maybe they can help their own cause that way. And we're just sitting here crossing our fingers for it. <laughs> the great I mean, thing about the great thing about, I'm sorry, Devin, go ahead. No, no, no. It's all you, D gun. You go. You ray of sunshine, D gun. Yeah, right. Yeah, I keep, Yeah, I mean, she's never going to live that one down. You know, but anyway, uh, you know, it, it's 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 just great to have meaningful football to talk about in December. You know, when you mm. think about the number of teams out there 
that you could be covering the Jets, the Jaguars, teams like that, the Texans. You know, we're talking about meaningful football. And I go back to late September, early October, and we were just waiting for the season to be over. We thought this team was by far was going to have more losses th than wins. Well, right now with three games, you know, left to play, they're sitting at sea level. They're right on the outside looking into the playoff picture right now, and they control their own destiny. You know, so the, so football talk in this region, if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, football talk in this region is still hyped uh, because this team, in a lot of ways, has exceeded expectations. When you look at the injuries, now obviously Washington was a much more, you know, team, dec uh, team decimated by injuries and COVID than the Eagles were, you know, down two quarterbacks, you're down one of your primary receivers, you know, and, and, and you're, you're down one of your top cornerbacks. So, you know, you, I mean, you, come, you come into a game like this, you know, I always say, you know, you can't go into a gunfight with a cap gun, and that's what Washington did. They went into a gunfight with a cap gun, and, you know, they, they, they basically fired as much as they could. They kept it entertaining, but, you know, when push came to shove, the better team won the game tonight. Mm -hmm. I think it's very rare that we can say that we outcoached the other team. Uh, I honestly don't know if I've been able to confidently say that, at least about Nick Sirianni since the Falcons game, which was our first game of the season. Uh, we definitely outcoached them, uh, especially on offense. I'm still a little bit unsure about how I feel about how Gannon approached our defense. Uh, the fact that we didn't get a sack on Gilbert uh, until, what, the end of the second quarter, and that was Fletcher Cox. I don't know. I, I think I would have liked to see a little bit more pressure there. Not to get negative with it. Um, so there I'll she goes again, Gunner. Oh, yeah, I, I know. I did outcoach them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I had to put that out there. Now, I will I say they, they did blitz late in the game. I think it was on a third and nine or third and ten uh, late in the game. Uh, Alex Singleton was blitzing, as was Avante Maddox, I think it was, coming in from the secondary. And they beat the blitz. Gilbert beat the blitz. What are you going to do? <laughs> Things happen, I guess. But no, Fletcher yeah. Cox had a great game. I know we'll talk a lot about that defensive line as well mm. as the show goes mm. on. When we come back, there were two plays that really stuck out stuck out to me. Gunnar, I know you talked about the offensive play calling. Devin, you just talked about out coaching a Ron Rivera Washington football team. Well, there were a couple of plays that Nick Sirianni drew up there that we really hadn't seen before. We'll talk about them coming up in just a second. But don't forget, good people of Philadelphia watching this program, Eagles fans galore. You can add stateside vodka soda to your upcoming celebrations this holiday season. See the scroll below and use the code Jacob for 15% off the very popular stateside vodka soda. Go to statesidevodka.com. More live post-game show when we return. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink, go for the steaks and the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals. More benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees. Donated or installed for free, 
by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, everybody, to a very chipper live post-game show. Mark Farzetta, Derek on Devin Caney with you. We're exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Mm-hmm. Book your New Year's Eve weekend at Ocean Casino and go for the live shows. Go for the win. Two plays happened in this particular game. I want to give this some comments as well in a second, but then I just want to see what you guys thought of these. Uh, it was the fourth down play that uh, Jordan Bailata got called for the holding. But it was a misdirection toss left to Jordan Howard. We have not seen that play from the Eagles this year. Uh, I don't necessarily consider it trickeration, but it was definitely a very different play call for Nick Sirianni. Gunner, did that one stick out to you at all? Yeah, it did. Yeah, but you know, it's the unexpected at this stage of the season. It should be expected when you look at a, a coach's playbook. They always have X amount of plays in a playbook that you won't see. Um, in, in September, October, November, you know, every all, every team does such a great job of, of breaking down game tape and analyzing plays and tendencies and, and knowing what an offense or defense likes, likes to run in certain situations that you have to have a few things for key situations that, you know, the opposition isn't looking for. And that was one of those plays. I'm like, whoa, where'd that come from? You know, and, and now it's out in the open. So the next opponent is going to study that as well to see if they can figure out the alignment. And when you have plays like that, you can run them out of different formations to try to uh, disguise them a little bit better. But, you know, I'm not surprised that that Nick came up with something like that. And moving forward, especially if they're in close games, I expect him to have a few more gadget plays in his bag of tricks uh, to move the chains pick up a crucial first down in you know if, if, if the game's at a crucial point or more importantly pick up a key touchdown if a game's on the line 
Yeah, and then the I love start that we saw. Oh, sorry, no, no. I, I love that we saw them spread the ball around a lot tonight. I mean, Greg right. Ward, Jalen Rager. It did feel like they were trying to get Jalen Rager his confidence back. I don't know if that was intentional <laughs> or not, but I think my favorite drive of the game was the Rager run and then Ward touchdown. Because uh, it's nice to cheer for someone you usually hate. You know, he's messed up so many times. He's <laughs> trying to gain his confidence hate? in Philadelphia. Back. Wow. Wow. You guys know they hate that Jalen Rager. <laughs> People in the comments, back me up here. Like, no, you sure there yeah. after the Giants hey. game, I would say easily the most hated person in Philadelphia. Yeah, Jalen Rager had three catches, 57 yards tonight. Did yeah, he drop a that's pass? What I'm saying. Yeah, no, I don't I, know I, if he dropped a pass. I don't, I don't think, think he, he dropped a pass. But, but you know, the question the question was out there uh, when he had that bad game. You know, he dropped it, you know, uh, a pair of touchdown. You know, should they sit him? Should, should you know, what should they do? No. No, no, no. You put him back out there. You know, well, he's a young kid. No, he's a grown man making a lot of money. And this is what pressure pack situations are all about. You know, it's not just one game. It's a series of games. You have to find out, can he handle it? Can he bounce back from it? What is, what's his ment mental makeup? What's his mindset? That's how you find out. You know, you put him on a shelf. You allow him to sit there. Hey, this team's giving up on me. What are my teammates thinking about me? They don't trust me. They don't have confidence in me. I know the fan base is against me now, but all I care about is these guys in this locker room. And if they're going to sit me, that tells me they don't think much of me, you know, at this point. Mm -hmm. So you got to put them back out there. And th that's exactly what this team did. They put them back out there, made some catches, you know, get, get that confidence back up because, you know, mark my words, if, 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 as this thing goes along, watch the Washington game, the Dallas game, and if they're fortunate enough to get in the playoffs – Somewhere, some point of a game, a Jalen Rager catch is going to be needed to keep momentum on their side or to change momentum. And the best way to do that is to let him know that you are one of the guys we are counting on. When we when we step on the field of battle to combat an opponent, you are one of the guys. We have not given up on you. Do not give up on yourself. And more importantly, do not give up on this team. That's beautiful. I'm emotional right now. I should write that down. I should write this stuff down. I would have I would have had Harold Carmichael return his Hall of Fame ring that he got tonight and have him line up his wide receiver over Jalen Rager and Harold Carmichael. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I want to talk about Harold Carmichael a little bit later, but I love that man. My, I, my my statements for the rest of this show will be based on trying to prove Devin wrong that there is a caring <laughs> side of D Gun, a compassionate side of D Gun. Hmm. Not just this ogre that she portrays me to be. Yeah. I'm not that person. Yeah. Unless. Yeah. Unless. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah. You're like if Shrek was from Wisconsin. That's why what you're like. Oh, okay. Why are you be Shrek? Why, why, why Shrek? <laughs> because Shrek is a lovable ogre. <laughs> okay. Now I don't want to be Shrek. No, what am I not? You hanging around okay, with Donkey okay. the whole time? I know you've got a nice side, Deegan. And I... I... <laughs> Shrek? I mean, What? They're like onions. Ogres. Anyway, uh, the uh, the second play. I you believe uh, this? There's nothing but love and respect. Um, Darius Slay lining up in the backfield yeah. as your motion yeah. motion receiver, opening up a, a running lane. Uh, yeah. Was it Rager that ran for it on that play? I think it was. And he ended up getting mm. the first down on it. They scored a touchdown a couple of plays. They, 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 they got a field goal on this play. Uh, and... Uh, Darius Slay lines up in the backfield. Excuse me, Slay lines up in the backfield and is all of a sudden in motion. The camera got a shot of the huddle for maybe a second before cutting away to something else. 
And I went, I didn't just, did I just, no way. And then sure enough, the announcer, I forget who was doing the game tonight with Mark Sanchez, but he starts talking about, oh, and this is Darius Slay in the backfield and most of the defensive back. And he ended up being a great decoy and then I'm getting a nice mm-hmm. little gain out of that, including the first down. See, that's, that's another one of those scenarios where, you know, if I'm on defense, you know, you've studied this team forever and you didn't study anything with Darius Slay in the backfield. I don't remember seeing Darius Slay in the backfield in any other game this nope. season. But all of a sudden, he goes into motion, and the defense is like, well, wait a minute, gadget play, gadget play, but they ran a power play instead, see? So that's another one of those elements, you know? So, you know, there's going to be a little bit more revealed each and every week. You know, Nick Sirianni, kudos kudos to him. Like every good coach in the National Football League, you have an arsenal of plays that you save for later in the season and save for the playoffs because you're going to need that element of surprise against the opposition. You don't fool many people at this level. Everybody does their homework thoroughly. This is their business, their job description. It's not like college ball, you know, where these guys are just happy to be in a Notre Dame, Florida State, Ohio State, Penn State uniform. Mm. You're trying to make money. You're trying to make a living for yourself and your family and, and your other loved ones. So you're studying day and night. You're looking at every little every little thing that you can find and possibly find to gain an edge and to not see that. And like, whoa, time out. Whoa, whoa, wait, 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 Darius Slay. You know, what's going on here? And it worked to perfection for him. Yeah, yeah, you think he was drawing up that play during the last two days where they had a couple of days to come up with something new? Or do you think it was more over the last two weeks, including the bye? You know what? It, it could have been in the playbook all along from, from September. It was just, you know, just being held for the proper moment. You know, I'm sure if Darius had his way, he would have got the ball and tried to make a play. You know, what player doesn't want to want the ball in his hands and try to make a play? So, you know, uh, with that said, you know, it, again, there's another element here. Now the Giants, Washington, Dallas, and beyond have to study that as well. Wait a minute. They're throwing ga- more gadget plays at us now? You know, it's bad enough that this stretch run is killing people. They're just basically freight training people left and right for 200 yards a game like it's nothing in the rushing department. And now we got to worry about this stuff as well. Oh, yeah. You know, that's what you want to do. You want to gain a psychological advantage against your opponent. Certainly. Uh, real quick, go to a couple of comments right here. Uh, Mike Fuji, what's up, Fuji? Saying he wants to retire number 17 for Harold Carmichael. It's overdue. Uh, what else do we have here? We also have, oh, uh-oh. I think we have somebody calling you an apologist for Jalen Rager. An apologist? An apologist, apparently. No, no, not an apologist. Christian. Christian. Hold on. I'm going to try to say this guy's name. Uh, Christian De Cruza. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, yeah, not I don't bad know. Uh, De Cru- an apologist? No. Yeah, d- d- stop. Uh, no. Uh, Derek, stop less is more in regards to JR. Jaylen you know Rager. what? You know what? Whatever. You know, <laughs> and, and, I, and my response to that individual is if you make a few mistakes on your job, how would you feel if your, your job gave up on you? Mm, you know, put you in the back burner, you know, mm-hmm. see, it's easy for us to sit here and be lounge chair quarterbacks. You know, I understand they play a game, they play football. You understand that, but there's also a human element to people as well. And that just bothers me with people, you know, put them on a shelf, do this, do that. You have to think about how would it affect you if somebody did that to you? If somebody just put you on the shelf and just gave up on you as well. You know, I'm not sitting here making up uh, being an apologist for anybody. You play the game. You're one of the chosen few. I don't care if it's football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, tennis, Batman, whatever the case may be. If you're one of the chosen few to play it at the highest level possible, yes. You know, to whom much is given, much is expected. But you know what? You're also human. There's no such thing as a perfect human being. Everybody makes mistakes, some more glaring than others. And I bet the person that makes that comment also makes mistakes just like me, you, Devin, you know, John McMullen, 
anybody out there. You know, for him, you're an apologist for so. You know what? Take that mess somewhere and go sit on the couch, man, and have yourself a nice, you know, hot cold, hot, hot cup of cocoa or something, man. Now might be a good time to tell you I had lived the part about the apologist, but that's basically what he was saying. I paraphrased. <laughs> what? See, you got to be fired up for nothing. See. I See, just put a corner in. I'm sorry. Um, she perceives me as one way. You set me up to be, you know, go on this rant. You know, is is it Halloween or is it the Christmas season? I can't tell right now. Can somebody tell? What is it right now? Miles Davis says that I look like Miles Davis. Is that your real name? Uh, says that I look like a uh, bald Nick Sirianni. Not untrue. I've gotten that before. I've gotten that before. Okay. Birdman, right. 990. Kelsey is insane. No question. He is insane. Now, like, how does he keep on, just keep on trucking basically how does he keep doing it gunner you know what um because that's his makeup that that's his his mo that's who jason kelsey is he's he's jason kelsey is like one of these you know he just rolls up his sleeves and goes to work he plays in pain he studies the game as well as anybody in the game he plays the game at a high level you know i go back to you know prior to that super bowl season how many people wanted to give up on jason kelsey said he was too small manhandled by 300 pound defensive lineman couldn't hold his own we need to get a new center so on and so forth now everybody's singing jason kelsey's praises after not only he went to super bowl but he gives that incredible speech that hall of fame speech and since then he has been as consistent it's any center in the National Football League. He is an Ironman at the position. I don't think a lot of people understand a lot of times the pain that Jason Kelsey plays through, you know, and he's still out there. What does he play? Like 157 consecutive starts? Mm. That's an Ironman. See, it's not just physical. It's a mental makeup as well to be able to push yourself through situations like that. And nobody does it better than a Jason Kelsey. No, absolutely. We got Paul saying Jason Kelsey belongs in the Hall of Fame. No question about that. Uh, <laughs> Jersey versus man says Rager or Aguilar. <laughs> hey, take, take, Ag your, take, take your pick. You know, I'm going to take Aguilar. I'm going Aguilar. Well, you, know, well, you say you say Aguilar now because you look at he went out to Vegas. You know he has some uh, he had you know great short stand in Vegas and you're looking how he's fitted in the Patriots system. You know and he's playing a better brand of football because of the systems he played in. Maybe it's coaching. Maybe he didn't get the proper coaching here. And I'm not saying he didn't, but maybe that was the case. He was a younger player then. He went through some growing pains mentally physically and emotionally and they sat him down here you know and he came back and he didn't have that great of a season okay mm -hmm. you know but then he moves on and you know he's go he goes to a place a new fresh start his mindset is different you know he has some good moments in vegas and now he's having some good moments playing with the uh new england patriots mm -hmm. that's the way it is in this game uh birdman 990 is on to us uh we have not been ignoring devin we had a little technical difficulty with uh devin so right. she's going to reconnect, and she'll be back with us shortly. And then yep. in the meantime, we're, we're going to miss her. Uh, but she'll be back uh, shortly. But now we have people saying, Mike Fuji, our man, wants to say that he uh, retire Kelsey's number now as well uh, while you're at it, along with uh, Harold Carmichael. Uh, real quick, we'll get back to the comments a little bit later. And we also have a picture, ladies and gentlemen, that you have to see from the post-game news conference. We'll get to that when we get Devin back. It's absolutely incredible. One thing I do want to talk about here is Fletcher Cox's game tonight because – Gunner, I was waiting to see because it's something that drives me crazy about uh, Jonathan Gannon, about waiting for the quarterback to make a mistake as opposed to forcing him into mistakes. I didn't see an overly aggressive defense. We talked about the one time I really saw him blitz. I didn't see anything that really jumped out to me that looked like they were being very aggressive in this game. They relied on their four-man pressure. But Fletcher Cox, especially later in this game, stepped up and played like the man, played up to that level that we know he could play at. This was one of his best games of the year, no question about it. Um, 
I would say Ooh, the fourth quarter was re- one of his best quarters. Oh. I'm going to say it's one of his best overall games. Okay. You know, still, where was Fletcher Cox the first two-plus quarters? You see what I'm uh. saying? I don't think Fletcher makes enough plays. I, he he gets a lot of good pressure, but yeah. you know, for a guy who's who for a guy who's considered one of the best in the business of what he does, and now I'm not sitting here comparing him to Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald is on another plateau compared to every other defensive tackle in the National Football League. But we have seen Fletcher Cox take over games in the trenches at times. It has been few and far in between, but he finally asserted himself in that fourth quarter when okay. they needed him most, and that's what you do. I can't say it was one of his best overall games, but I think it was one of his best quarters uh, of the season. I'll say this. His best games this year, his really good games, have been slim pickings this year. I think. No can, we, can we agree? Okay. No uh, the third quarter, he got a quarterback hit. He didn't get the sack. Right. Fourth right. quarter, I think, is when he did come up with that sack. Right. Uh, and then the fourth quarter is, is also when you started to see him get a little bit more pressure. But the defensive line entirely, I thought, right. played a very good game, uh, especially when you talk about the play of uh, uh, Teron Jackson in this game, whose name, I mean, for right, for good purpose, you didn't really see him or, or hear his name too many times this season. I did notice in this game, and I was looking for it, especially knowing that Jonathan Gannon, his tendency is to not go after a quarterback he feels is going to make mistakes on his Dr- own. Drives like, me nuts. Drives yeah, me nuts. and I'm with you there. But it looked like in this particular game, uh, Fletcher Cox was double teamed quite a few times. But I noticed that did start to open up things for other guys on this defensive line. Jackson being one of them. Milton Williams had a play in the backfield. You had a couple of instances, Josh Sweat getting in the backfield as well. You had a couple of instances where you started to see some pressure from this defensive line that you really hadn't seen much of. And again, the one time you really did see them dial up a blitz, they sent two, they sent Singleton, they sent Maddox, and they got beat by Gilbert of all people. Uh, But yeah, it was one of those games you didn't see too much pressure that was forced from the Eagles. But when the Four-man front was starting to get a little bit of pressure. They started to make some good things happen to the line of scrimmage, including some tackles for loss. It still bothers me that this D-line doesn't assert itself in a lot of cases right from the start. Mm-hmm. I thought they played a very quiet first half. I'm sitting here going, where's the pressure? If Jonathan Gannon is going to rely on his four-man front, and you expect that four-man front to have a certain amount of dominance to it, especially against an, a Washington offensive line that was – decimated, you know, by deletions, COVID, injuries. They lost another offensive lineman during the game. Um, You didn't see it. You know, I I need to see it more consistently, you know, and for whatever the reason may be, you know, and to go back to something you said a moment ago, maybe Jonathan Gannon is afraid to blitz more because he's afraid of what could possibly happen on the back end in terms of lack of communications. But you have a rotation of guys up front that should be able to strike the fear into a quarterback when he steps under center. You let this guy who had not thrown a football in who knows how long come out of the gate and get comfortable early on. And they, they start out with a short passing game with a swing pass to Antonio Gibson just to get him in a groove. But he didn't look uncomfortable at all in the first half. You got to make this guy uncomfortable and let him know it's going to be a long night. And see, what happened was you let him get hang around, and he came back and got within three points. In the second half of the game, it made it a little bit closer. Luckily, the Eagles went down the field and scored a deciding touchdown and to put it out of reach. But you've got to be able to make a guy like that who's basically at home watching TV and eating bonbons, you know, feel a lot more uncomfortable than he felt in a game like this, especially with, with a game of this magnitude on the line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so everyone knows, we do have Devin Caney back. It is official. Uh, per, hey, per, she's per, trying to get this. Guys, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. My laptop just like 
freaked out on me and I oh. don't even know I came in the middle of a rant, but I'm so happy to be back. Thank you for everyone's concern. You know what, you know what happened? Her what? laptop, her laptop panicked the way she was panicking in the first quarter. That's what it was. I knew you That's were exactly going to say. I knew. I, I knew. Of course See. you would. Of course you would. I, I That's right because have, yeah. because I I'm the mean I'm the mean one on the show. That's why. Honestly, <laughs> the, the worst part of it was hearing D Gun say stuff about me, and I couldn't say anything back. I could <laughs> I just say, listen to it. What did I, I say? I couldn't react in real time. I just had to sit there while my laptop rebooted. So yeah, I was wondering I because all I saw was show. I got I got I a crystal clear connection now, D Gun. I'm not I know because at one point you was like, yep, uh, 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 what's he doing over there? You wish. You mm. wish. Now yeah. I'm back. I think a member of the Rager family got to your computer is what I think happened. Probably, oh. honestly. Oh. Yeah, catch me up, guys. What did I miss here? What are we talking about? Nothing. Yeah, we really okay. didn't do anything. No, uh, we were just talking about uh, Fletcher Cox, the game he had today. I said it was one of his best games of the season. Gunner yeah. said, hey, pump the brakes. Maybe the best quarter of the season. That's a uh, quarter. Yeah, yeah. Devin Caney, yeah, that's your back. Uh, break the tie. Who? Uh, what kind of game did Fletcher Cox have? Um, mm, mm, wow. I guess. Ah, <laughs> ah, no, 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 no. So I would agree, like, yeah, perhaps most one of the most visible games of this season, but I don't know if that's saying much because he hasn't been very visible. He hasn't done much <laughs> all season. Sure, he was sure, in witness sure. protection for a while. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't know about yeah, especially, my experience around that one. Since the Raiders game, um, I've noticed a little bit more of uh, yeah. Fletcher getting into the backfield, and that was the game that, of course, he said he wasn't the defensive coordinator. It's not his job to to to, to drop back and cut. How, what did he? He's not his. Well, I forget the exact fr words that he he's, used, but he gets paid to sack the quarterback. That's yes, what he yeah. gets paid to do. Since then, I haven't necessarily seen a huge uptick in numbers, obviously, and nobody has. But I have seen him start to draw a little bit more double teams. Maybe he's actually trying to get after the quarterback more, and he's opening up things for other guys on this team. We know. Uh, there, there were some issues in the early goings of this game, trying to get any pressure on, uh, on, on Gilbert, and then they were finally able to do that later in the football game. In the third quarter, that's where I first really noticing Fletcher Cox. That's where he had – it looked like a punch to Gilbert. Then he had a sack later on in the game, and then he had another pressure after that. So that was really, really where I really started to see him start to get some pressure on the uh, rather inexperienced Washington football team's quarterback. <laughs> Uh, but there is one better late than never, right? Now, there you yeah. go. Absolutely, no, it's very true. Better late, very better true. late than ever. Absolutely, uh, and I hope we have this, Devin. I held on, on I held out on this just for you because I know oh, you would yay. have a comment here. This is just for what you. In the world, <laughs> I was so it's, sad that you guys were going to do this without me. Oh, no, I no, no. love this. It's love six, five this for Dallas Goddard. That is I've a never leprechaun. seen a six five leprechaun. Yeah. He's elf. He's Buddy the Elf. What's your favorite color? What do you mean? That's Buddy elf, the Elf. Elf, elf leprechaun is the same family. I mean, you know, elf, elf, elf and leprechaun is the same. Yeah, same, same thing, man. You know, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess you're like it it checks out. It makes sense for sure. They are probably the same. <laughs> that is that is my major takeaway from this show. <laughs> uh, elf. I didn't know that. We got ogres, we got Shrek, we got elves, we got leprechauns. We got an Eagles team that's still in the playoff hunt, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. That's all that matters. <laughs> but that's how Dallas Goddard did his post-game news conference today, dressed as Buddy the Elf, just because it is the holiday season. How about that? Like, look, um, he Dallas Goddard, weird game, right? D two horrible drops in this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
but also was one of you ended up still being one of your better receivers in this game, made a play for, for Jalen Hurts by going up to get that ball that was in double coverage. Other than look, 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 the interception was obviously this is what's so weird about interceptions in the NFL. Like that wasn't at all Jalen Hurts' fault. The interception, it was actually one of his it was a good throw. There was two other throws that he made where that were horribly ill-advised. One was the throw to Dallas Goddard, where Dallas Goddard went up and got that football for, a, what, a 44-yard gain? Mm -hmm. The other was throwing in a double coverage to Devontae Smith in the corner of the end zone when it looked like he had Kenny Gainwell in the slant route short right, right. in front of him. Right. Those were That was a play that was just a very odd two plays that were very odd throws from Jalen Hurts. Now, again, we've, we've spent most of the show talking about how Jalen Hurts bounced back from that. But Dallas Goddard had a bit of an odd game, let's just say. And after the game, I guess decided to be laid back and goes with the elf outfit. I wonder if people in the comment, uh, in the comments, I'm very curious to see how you will respond to that. Because I saw some people earlier talking about how Dallas Goddard's drops were crucial, to say the least, in this game. It's only crucial if you lose the game. But what, <laughs> what receiver? What receiver? I mean, doesn't drop a pass. I, I get sure. Because, you know, yeah, shocking too. is because you don't see Dallas Goddard drop passes like that. That's what's make that's mm -hmm. uh, what made it shocking. But he dropped a pass. Okay, they won the game. The man had five catches for ninety-eight yards in the first half. He finished with what seven catches for a buck thirty-one in a game. Is that correct? I believe so. Yeah, not bad, right? It's a good day at right. the office. Not, not bad at all. Okay, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Hall of Famers drop passes. It happens. You know, you don't. You 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 think you shouldn't see it. I agree, but it happens. It didn't cost them anything except momentum. Right? You're, no, you're exactly right. You're exa I'm laughing because I'm seeing our, our man Adam here hit me up in the chat. Say, somebody tell Mark it's Christmas week. I started the show by singing a Christmas carol. I don't know it's Christmas week. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I know people were pissed off at the chat for the way Dallas Goddard had a couple of drops. D is it okay that he came out there in the, the thing? But in Derek Gunn, you so accurately said, he had a great game. Those two drops were obviously tough, but they still won the game, and they don't win this game without the way Dallas Goddard played. You know what? People are too 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 picky, too critical, man. I mean, it's it really. Can we just be in the holiday spirit? Your team finally played a game. It started with everybody was irate and, and, and understandably so. Mm. When the league decided to move this game after they sent out this statement last July, our intent is to play seventeen games in eighteen weeks. If you can't field the team because your your players are not vaccinated, you will forfeit the game, and you and the opposition will not get paid. Well, lo and behold, all of a sudden, COVID started running rampant through the National Football League. And not only did they change one game, they changed three games, right? Because the NFL is not about to lose money. They are the richest sports conglomerate on the planet. They know how to make money better than any sports entity on the planet. They print money, okay? They're not going to lose money. Sure, they're going to move the game. Why not? And people who are irate, guess what? They either went to the game or they watched it on TV. Whether it was the Eagles game, whether it was Seattle and the Rams, whether it was Cleveland, they still watched the game or they went to the game, which mm -hmm. is exactly what the NFL knew they would do. They got us. They know they got us. It's an uh, addiction. I, I do want to let people know uh, that portions of tonight's live broadcast are sponsored by First Trust Bank. Check out the Jacob Media YouTube channel tomorrow morning. For Bird 365 with Johnny Mac and Jody Mac, First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. Johnny Mac, that's uh, good old John McMullen, will be joining us from Lincoln Financial Field a little bit later in the program. 
Let us know what Nick Sirianni had to say in his post-game press conference. Also, I'm curious, maybe maybe John McMullen was dressed as an elf, too. Buddy the Elf, what's his favorite color? Uh, after the game as well. Whoa. Maybe he was. I don't know. I don't know how John gets into Whoa. the holiday spirit and how he does it, but it, it could happen. Uh, and also, something else we got to get into in this. Uh, Jake Elliott, not a very busy night for him, but continues to be mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. For this Eagles team, absolutely no doubt about it. Cash money for this Eagles team. Uh, so we'll get into that a little bit later. We'll also talk to John McMullen about that. Uh, before we go anywhere, though, uh, overall, this defensive game plan we talked about Fletcher Cox, particularly. We've talked about a couple of uh, well, one blitz in particular that was dialed up by Jonathan Gannon later on in this game. Overall, Jonathan Gannon's game plan going into this game and what you saw play out in front of you, Gunner, what did you make of it? Well, um, what's what's to be expected? He's going to rely on his guys up front to try to get pressure. Um, you know, going into this game, the Eagles had 21 quarterback sacks, one of the lowest totals in the National Football League. Um, when you start playing uh, playoff type football, one of the biggest aspects of of playing foot playoff type football is being able to get pressure on a quarterback, making a quarterback uncomfortable, forcing a quarterback to throw a football a lot sooner than he wants. This defensive front is not doing it. It plays well sporadically, but it's not playing well consistently. And right now you're playing the, you know, the Garrett Gilberts and the Mike Glennons. Well, guess what? The competition is going to increase as mm-hmm. you continue to move forward. You know, I'm assuming, you know, and I'm not putting Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen in an upper echelon of quarterbacks, but there are better caliber of quarterbacks in that Washington system than this guy Gilbert. Uh, was tonight, and you've still got to face them again uh, in not so in, in the not too distant future. So Jonathan Gannon needs to find a way to get more pressure on QBs. You know, you got to have more trust, more faith in your guys are playing on the back end uh, because if not, as we see time and time again in the National Football League, once a quarterback identifies you taking away the deep ball, what do they do? They kill you underneath, and that's no what quarterbacks are capable of doing at this level. No doubt. Well, guess what? Coming up in a minute, we're going to talk to our man, John McMullen from Lincoln Financial Field. You're watching live post game show on the Jacob Media YouTube channel and 6ABC.com. And we're exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Book your New Year's Eve weekend at Ocean Casino and go for the live shows. Go for the win. We'll be right back. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spot on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go for the steaks and the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other, with more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock. More of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, 
what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back to live post game show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to live post game show. Mark Farzetta, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney. I'm sure we'll be back with us in a little bit. A little we lost her again. We lost her again. She's running scared from that John McMullen fella, I tell you. Oh, uh, John McMullen joins us from Lincoln Financial Field, presented by Mesa Law and Associates. Need a tough injury lawyer called Mesa and Associates. Johnny back. They did it. They beat the Washington football team two days after they were supposed to forfeit anyway, but the Eagles. Still very much in the playoff hunt. What was Nick Sirianni saying post game? Well, I, yeah, I I think you know Nick was pretty happy overall, considering uh, the offensive, particularly dominance over 500 yards. I mean, there's so much positive from an offensive standpoint. Miles Sanders' new career high in rushing. Dallas Goddard' uh, new career high in receiving for the second straight game. By the way. Uh, they're over 200 rushing yards again. There hasn't been a, a football team that has run the football like the Eagles in since the 85 Bears. That's how far back you got to go. I think they're at seven straight games with over 175 yards uh, running the football. And this week it's no Landon Dickerson and it's Sue Opeta. I got to tell you guys, I am amazed at Jeff Stoutland's ability to get these guys ready to play yep. at such a level. You go back last night and you're watching Chicago and Minnesota. Minnesota's got a first-round pick at center. They got a second-round pick at left guard. They can't block Akeem Hicks to save their life. The Eagles are down to their fifth and sixth guards, and they're running for 237 yards or whatever it was. It's it's amazing. It, it really is. And then, you know, they were sloppy at the beginning of the game, but there was never any sense that, that Washington could win this football game. And uh, they were just too 
up against it from an attrition standpoint. And I know the fans were upset early and they were booing, but uh, once the Eagles started to get it going, Washington just didn't have any bullets with, with Garrett Gilbert playing quarterback. Hey, hey, John, what were you? What was going through your mind early on when the Eagles were playing a game of foul-ups, bleeps, and blunders? Well, obviously, when you see uh, the, the first turnover, which goes off Dallas Goddard's heel, number one, I mean, Dallas is usually going to catch that football, and then it goes off his heel, and it's an interception. They actually got a bit of a break because it should have been a pick mm-hmm. six, yep. uh, and the officials missed it on field. Uh, no surprise there, by the way, but that's another story. Um, it, it, you know, you started maybe saying, oh, is this going to be one of those crazy games? And then you had Jalen Hurts with the fumble. Nick Sirianni was really, really upset with that. That was really poor ball security. So, you know, maybe that was just rust. Uh, Jalen hasn't played in 23 days. The Eagles mm-hmm. haven't played in 16 days. So maybe you can chalk it up to just that rust. Um, and and they settled things down from there. I, I think when they held Washington to a field goal and it was 10 nothing instead of 14 nothing, I think then you got the sense, all right, they'll settle down and, and they'll be able to get back in the game. And then when they tied the game, when they took the lead at the beginning of the third quarter, I mean, Washington was just not equipped to play from behind, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John, I, I, you could notice during the broadcast that Nick Sirianni was in Jalen Hurts' ear after that fumble. What did, was Nick Sirianni asked about that after the game? That conversation he had with Hurts, and if so, what did he say? Yeah, he was, and and he said, and 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 Jalen just said the same thing. Uh, Jalen uh, asked him. Jalen, uh, Jalen's dad is a, is a football coach, and obviously uh, Nick Sirianni grew up in a, a football coaching family, uh, and and they both believe in being coached hard, so to speak. And Jalen Hurts told Nick Sirianni uh, very early on when he got here, he wanted to be coached hard, and he got coached hard because. That was a that was a bad mistake, and and that's something that shouldn't happen. And he heard about it, and you know Jalen's big at, uh, as he always says, uh, flushing things. Don't look at it, just flush it. And he flushed it, and he was great, by the way. He had one of his best games. So he uh, rebounded from probably his worst game, uh, certainly this year uh, as a starter. Uh, against the New York Giants and had one of his best games, and that's that's positive. But I, I think the best part of Jalen Hurts today was the fact that he was healthy. He looked healthy. He ran the football. Uh, he sneaked it in twice. He's got 10 rushing touchdowns, which is obviously an Eagles record. Um, I think it was 38 yards overall. They scaled back a little bit with him in the running game, but it was pretty clear they didn't have to. They could have. Uh, they could have took the reins off, so to speak. So the fact that he looked healthy uh, from the ankle injury, I think, is even more important than the numbers, which were which were very good. Hey, John, um, is it concerning to you that at this stage of the season, that this one topic that we continuously talk about is the Eagles' lack of a pass rush? especially when you have a guy just walking in off a street last Friday. 
Um, they let him get comfortable in that first half. They really didn't start applying a lot of pressure on him until third, fourth quarter. Is that concerning to you in terms of how they, they continuously attack or don't attack quarterbacks? Uh, yes and no. I, I mean, I hate when I see a three-man rush in any NFL game, but you see more and more defensive coordinators do that at times, especially with younger quarterbacks who maybe can't read coverage as well uh, as some veteran co- uh, 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 quarterbacks. If you're in the NFL, you, you can throw the football and you can find short windows if you have the time to set your feet. So, I, and just from a, a personal standpoint, I am never a fan of, of the three-man rush. Um, in, in the case of, of, of today, uh, the Eagles are weird. They're very weird uh, pass rushing team because they're in, as you mentioned, D-Gun. They're in the really the bottom five of the league in sacks, right, right. but they're in the top five in a league in pressures. You never see that. I, I can't think of that ever happening before they don't have finishers i i mean i think finish uh, right. finishing on the pass rush is a is a trait i think there are guys who finish and guys who can get close and don't finish they got a bunch of guys who get close and and don't necessarily finish now sometimes that can turn into interceptions tip balls good good things happening but a sack is never bad they don't get a lot of sacks uh, and hi to Devin. I see her popping up. But uh, <laughs> if, if if you look at their pass rush as a whole, they had I think they had one sack at, at Lincoln Financial Field coming into this game all That's season. That's crazy. That's crazy. One sack in five games. They doubled it. They got two. They got one late uh, with Hargrave. So I, I you know I don't think they have finishers. So they get pressures, and I guess you got to look at the bright side. Mm-hmm. Did you see anything from Gannon that's all maybe a little bit more aggression? I mean, I didn't notice it. I'm asking you if you noticed anything Gannon really dialed up. I saw the one blitz late in the game, fourth quarter. They converted later on the third down. But other than that, it seemed like they were just relying on that front four. No, yeah, I, I think it was just relying on the front four. And, uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to <laughs> – you know, Garrett Gilbert has been in this league for a long time. I think yeah. I looked it up today. He's had 29 different transactions during his career. He's been all over this league. Um, you know, he's got some limitations. So I, I, I don't think they were scared of him. Um, I think they went in with the philosophy of, you know, we're going to wear this team down with significant attrition. And to their credit, it it, it, they were a little bit rusty early and, and then they wore them down. I mean, it, it the, the final score does not in, is not indicative of the dominance of this game. It really isn't. Uh, it's one of those things where, you know, if Dallas Goddard catches that first pass, who knows how far he goes because he had, he had some space. Uh, if Jalen Hurts doesn't have that terrible fumble, who knows, they might go in and score seven. You know, 519 total yards to 237. That's that's good. And if you give up 237 yards in this league, that's good. So, I, you know, I don't know what people want, but they did what they were supposed to do. Hey, were you surprised uh, to see uh, – I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Deb. 
I'm sorry. Oh, I just wanted to, you know, say hi. Thanks for uh, letting me drop drop in in the middle of this interview once again. So <laughs> I'll hold my question though, Tegan, if you want to go first. I don't no, know no, what no. you've been asked. I was struggling, yeah. had some technical difficulties, so. No, I, I just wanted to say, were you surprised um, uh, that Darius Slay was in the backfield in a motion situation? But as I share with uh, Devin and, and, and Mark, you know, this is a time of year when especially teams make it a playoff push. They're going to go deep into their bag of tricks, and, and we're going to see some things from every team offensively and defensively that uh, has not been studied up to this point um, as, as teams try to gain that, that little edge uh, to get them over the top. Yeah, I, I actually asked Nick about that a, after the game because I, 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 you know, he had extra time as well. And I know what he does uh, when he has extra time. And him and the coaches, he always tells us they watch other games. And I knew, for instance, when they tried to draw off uh, uh, Washington with that two-point conversion, they were trying to get a yard closer uh, by drawing them off sides. They saw that in the Baltimore game. That's mm -hmm. what I thought. Nick confirmed it uh, after the game. And the slight thing as well, he had extra time, so he's thinking about these things in his mind. He always says, we're football guys. That's what we do. We watch football. And if they see something somewhere else, and that slight thing worked beautifully uh, as a decoy and uh, – they got a ton of space on that particular play because Washington was like, what the heck is this? We got to, we got to pay attention. So it did work and it, it worked pretty well. And yeah, you give Nick a little bit of extra time and he's probably going to uh, draw up some things you haven't seen before. Um, you know, and this week it's, you know, you got the New York giants in a couple of days and it's going to be probably the exact opposite. It's going to be like, we're going to rely on what we do. We don't have time to prepare. And that's sort of where you are, unfortunately, yep. because of what happened this week, not just here, but in other places in the NFL. But, um, you know, for people complaining about moving back in Tuesday, I get it from a logistics standpoint. But, man, you're in the playoff race and you got two big breaks in the fact that Washington was down 16 players. I think it was 15 at the end um, and both quarterbacks. And now you get the New York Giants and Jake Fromm is probably going to be the starting quarterback. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know though. I feel like the Eagles always find a way to lose. I'm sure you guys covered this, but, uh, or not lose, but make us nervous. I should say uh, the first quarter of this game had me very, very nervous. But I want to ask you about Miles Sanders because he had quite a game. I want to get your thoughts on that and then also your thoughts on our other running backs. You know, Jordan Howard was back this game. Did we see enough of him as well as uh, Kenny Gainwell? Yeah, well, you know, the the running attack, I was talking earlier, it's just amazing. It really is. I, I mean, they were at uh, 238 was the final total rushing yards. They're, they've been over 175 for seven straight games. First team since the 85 Bears uh, to do that. And Landa Dickerson is out, and it's Suo Peta. <laughs> Forget about I mean, we don't even talk about Brandon Brooks anymore, to, except no. to say Nick won't give us an update on him. Isaac Samalo has been out. Um, uh, Jack Driscoll's out for the year now. Landon Dickerson's on the COVID list. They're down to their fifth and sixth offensive guards, and they run for 238 yards. 
and there's 20 other teams in this league that can't find five competent offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. And Jeff Stoutland has got six guards. It's stinking amazing. And it's the strength of this team by far. Um, You know, other people contribute. Miles, as you mentioned, is a tremendously explosive back. And uh, he's getting back into the field of things. He set his career high in rushing yards. Jordan Howard is uniquely tailored for this team because he hits the hole, goes north and south, and the hole's always there. And I don't know if you saw that one big run with Jason Kelsey down the field. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who looked faster oh, yeah. than, than Miles Sanders and was upset at Miles because he didn't read the block well. But, I mean, Jason is – he's got a foot injury. He's got an ankle injury. Yep. He's got a knee injury. And he's somehow running past – running backs and linebackers to get down the field. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Um, if this team, you know, I, I said it over the weekend. I actually said it when Detroit beat Arizona. Because you're like, that's the worst team in football with the worst record. Maybe not the worst team, but at the time, the worst record beating the team at the time had the best record. If there's ever, and they didn't beat them, they routed them. If there's ever a year you want to just get in the playoffs and roll the dice and see what happens, this is the year because I don't think there's mm-hmm. any great teams. And if the Eagles can get in here and with that offensive line, you know, if they run for 238 on the right Sunday against the right team, mm-hmm. they can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, was, did Miles Sanders say anything about that long run where he was behind Jason Kelsey and what he saw? Yeah, he said he said he, Kelsey was waving at him because he he read the block wrong, uh, and he probably should have <laughs> went farther. Uh, but it's amazing because Miles is pretty quick. Oh yeah, and somehow Jason Kelsey got it got in front of him, uh, which is pretty amazing. At, at you know Jason's small for an offensive lineman, but he's not small, and his ability to get down the field is is pretty amazing. Uh, John, are we making the playoffs? Are we going to watch this Eagles team in the playoffs? Well, you know, there's three teams at seven and seven. And, you know, right now, Minnesota is the seventh seed. uh, But they have to play the Rams next week Mm -hmm. and the Packers the week after Mm -hmm. that. At Lambeau. At Lambeau. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, the Vikings are going to lose a couple games. New Orleans is a bit of a concern because they have three winnable games. But I got to be honest, and, you know, people can talk about them upsetting Tampa Bay, and that's a great win, and the defense played great, but they still only scored nine points. I I find Mm -hmm. it very hard to believe Taysom Hill is going to win four straight games in this league as a starting quarterback, no matter what the schedule says. And I think it's Miami, Carolina, in Atlanta for them. And then you have the Eagles. And the Eagles have the easiest schedule. And they should beat the Washington football team again when they go down there. I just mentioned Jake Fromm again. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everybody. There's your gift. Um, and then you have the Dallas Cowboys in Week 18. Now, the problem there is Arizona losing um, – Dallas could have still a chance to be the number one seed. And if they have to play in week 18, 
that that complicates things. What you want is Dak Prescott to take the day off and a bunch of starters to take the day off because Dallas is fixed into whatever seed they're going to be. And if that's the case, I would lean towards the Eagles making the playoffs. Hmm. If they have to win that game to make the playoffs and Dallas is playing, I don't, I, I wouldn't like their chances. There you go. Uh, when it comes to not just the playoff race here with, with all things considered, but just in terms of what we have found in Jalen Hurts, especially in this game, and we talked a lot about Gardner Minshew against the Jets, how good he looked, the offense was clicking again, and then Jalen Hurts struggled in the early goings of this game, some of it not his own fault, Dallas Goddard's drops, for instance. Uh, but Jalen Hurts kind of threw this game, we were talking about it earlier in the show, kind of showed off his poise. What did you make of Jalen Hurts' poise as this game went on, John? Yeah, well, he's always got poise. I mean, even when he does things wrong, he, he tends to be very even-keeled. We talk about that a lot. You saw when he's got Nick Sirianni screaming at him, he's even-keeled. He's just, you know, he's he, he's got the lowest pulse rate I've ever seen. Um, he just, <laughs> you know, we always talk about guys not getting too high, getting too low. You see, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady, throwing you know Microsoft surfaces on the sideline. You just don't see that from from Jalen. He's so uh, just steady. Uh, he's a flat line, um, and that's that's good when you're in uh, volatile situations. Um, so none of that kind of stuff worries me about Jalen Hurts. Um, he made a couple poor decisions early in mm-hmm. the game. Um, when he went to Devontae Smith in the end zone, uh, Devontae was double covered. He probably had Kenny Gainwell look like, certainly from here, uh, underneath. Um, he, he threw in the double coverage to Dallas Goddard, and Dallas made the catch um, down the field, which was a great catch by Dallas. That was probably not probably the best decision, but it worked out. Um so, you know, he's still a young quarterback. He's still learning. Still some uh, decisions you'd like to have back. But you see improvement pretty much every week, and that's what you want to see. I, I know everybody wants this team to make the playoffs, and understandably so. Um, but as I said earlier, John, no, no matter what happens from this point on, um, we, we have an Eagles team that's still relevant um, in the final stages of the season. And we've seen growth in some players this team needed to see growth in. There's still some players who need, who still need to make uh, some leaps uh, in terms of being a better quality player at this level. But I think at this stage, considering what we thought of this team back in September, October, um, it, it's, it's refreshing to have a team that we're still talking about being right there in that horse race, horse race to the finish line. Yeah, that's all you want this time of year is you want meaningful football. And it's pretty evident the Eagles are going to be playing meaningful football uh, to the end of the season. I don't know if a lot of people thought that uh, coming into this. And, you know, they're also improving. And, you know, part of it is uh, the harder part of their schedule was early. And, and they are just playing easier teams. But you do see the improvement and, and them taking advantage of these situations. We've seen this over the past two nights. 
and obviously I didn't get to see Los Angeles and Seattle today, but I did, I did see both games yesterday and, you know, Cleveland was in it to the very end and Las Vegas had to make a field goal uh, to win the game. And they didn't take advantage of the situation. Um, Minnesota really, really struggled with Chicago, which was COVID stricken and had their whole secondary missing and a bunch of other players. And they both teams were able to win the games. The Eagles, okay, they had a little bit of an issue early, but they just dominated this team. And, and that's a positive because that's what they should have done. And when you get these breaks and they got a break, you got to take advantage of it. That's right. Uh, John, we had a little debate early in the show. Maybe you could settle it for us. What was Dallas Goddard dressed as after the game? Uh, Buddy the Elf. That's what uh, I thought. An elf. An elf. Yeah. Hey, elf, leprechaun, Not all leprechaun. the same okay. family. They all look, all right. they all look alike to me. Wrong I'm going to leprechaun. <laughs> There's a follow-up question. I was having technical difficulties, I think, when you guys were discussing that. But I want to know, do you think he would wear that had they lost? I feel like it wouldn't have the same flair. <laughs> it wouldn't have hit as hard had they lost. It just wouldn't have worked. Well, so. I, I, I don't think he would have worn it if they lost to this particular team. But he insisted. <laughs> he ordered it. He got it today. He was going to wear it. It's his favorite Christmas movie. He didn't get a Bonte Maddox, though. And elf costume, so he had to apologize for that. Uh, Avante's his roommate for people who don't know, but um, yeah, he loves the movie. You got it, you wanted to wear it, you wore it, and he set a career career receiving yardage high for him. So, and 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 Dallas is probably a microcosm of this game because it started so bad for him, right? And with the with the ball coming off his heel. And he completely dominated from there. It was just they couldn't do anything with Dallas Goddard. Uh, John McMullen, great talking to you as per usual. Look forward to talking to you uh, again on Sunday, hopefully after the Eagles take care of the Jake from New York football Giants. So we look forward to that. Uh, John McMullen, thank you so much, brother. Hey, thank you. Merry Absolutely. Christmas, John. Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas. I just wanted to ask also, John, I wanted to ask him about, uh, you know, the guy named McMullen. He might know whether or not leprechauns and elves are the same thing. I'm going to go ahead and say they are not. Hey, I'm not going to put them in the same thing. Yeah. Look, yeah. Look, yeah. They're, they're, I'm going to be I'm going to be very kind and, and, and politically correct. They all look the same to me. <laughs> I don't care if it's an elf. Oh, man. No, all look the same Come to me, on. Man. Now we're hey, gonna get elves hitting us up here in the chat, and leprechauns hitting us up in the chat, saying we are different people. If an elf respond, if a true elf would respond, I'm dropping the headphones and walking off. Well, I don't believe in elf. Now they're a little believe busy. In leprechauns. They're yeah. making the toys. They're in crunch time now. Not hey, it's too it. late. Toys should have been made already by now. <laughs> uh, just want to remind everybody, John McMullen was brought to us by none other than the great people of Mesa Law and Associates. Need a tough injury lawyer? Call Mesa and Associates. Uh, more live post-game show when we return.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, live post game show. Mark Farzad, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney. My thanks to John McMullen for uh, joining the show just moments ago. Don't forget, we're brought to you by Stateside Vodka. Add Stateside Vodka Soda to your upcoming celebrations this holiday season. See the scroll below. Make sure you check that out. Use promo code Jacob for 15% off the very popular Stateside Vodka Soda. So check that out. Go to statesidevodka.com. Guys, real quick, I, um, I did something that I really don't normally do, but I did it anyway. I participated in the chat. I jumped in oh, there. What? I couldn't help myself. What? I just couldn't because people were disrespecting Brian Westbrook, and I'm not here for oh. that. Yeah, that's right. So you got and in fights with trolls in the, in the comments. <laughs> well, trolls, elves, leprechaun—they're all the same so, thing. So, so you did exactly what they wanted you to do. You they gave got them recognition. They got. I've, me. I've seen here. Look at some of the comments. There are a lot of intelligent comments. Comments. Mm-hmm. Well, there absolutely are. Yeah. And then you have some people in here just trying to get noticed mm-hmm. and to get people to acknowledge them. And I'm not here here for that. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I, I love a good debate, whether you sure. agree with me or not, whether I agree with you or not. I don't care what the topic may be. I love a good, strong debate. But when we you know just that. Get... We're aware. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ooh, somebody used the wrong usage of your. Ooh, do I get him? No, I'm kidding. All right. Anyway, uh, no, I, but here, Gunner, here's the difference between you and me. I'm a sucker. I, I have no willpower. Um, but well, no, I didn't, hear, I didn't hear Devin say anything about that. No, <laughs> can't wait. To, can't wait to blast me. We know he has no willpower. He finished those bottles of vodka with all the Eagles losses earlier this season. Yeah, I finished hey, those in week three. Hey, 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 hey Mark, so. Mark, since Devin made that, that comment that we know, yeah. before the show ends, I want to let you in on a little text conversation I had with Devin last week about fishing. Oh, no. The floor about oh, yeah. I wasn't gonna bring it up. I was not gonna bring it up, but she provoked me. Mm. So now I've got to talk about it. The floor is yours, Connor. No, no, Look, no. Guys, no it's been, it's no, been no, a no, long, no. we had no, a long no. bye week, and you guys were talking about no, fishing, you were talking about grilling together, and I, I never got an invite, and I was upset about it. And he said that I wasn't invited. So. Wait, we were giving no, have see, you caught fish before? See, has, has Devin caught fish? So I didn't see, know that it was a it was you had to have t a ton of fishing experience to be invited to, to hang out with D-Gun. No, uh, no, 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 no. How much time do we have left in this show? <laughs> For fishing talk? Four no, hours. Just, just in general. <laughs> uh, it's 27 minutes. Oh, we have 27 minutes? Yes. Let's save it for later in the show. I think it's a okay. good closer for the show. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But okay. she's see, she's starting to blush because she's a D gun. Don't roast me about that. I'm like, I'm not gonna roast <laughs> you. I'm gonna be honest. I'm, I'm gonna be very, very honest here. We're family here. We can mm -hmm. discuss that, these things. The show is just turning into a roasting of D gun and Devin and Mark's just like the <laughs> middleman. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm so glad I'm, I'm not in this. No, I'm having I'm having another show in the comment section now. All of a sudden, here. <laughs> By the way, we appreciate everybody. And T, bro, what's up, brother? Nice to see you in here. Uh, it's really nice that all these people that comment on the show. We appreciate uh, you guys a lot. Now, people are making fun of the tackle box that Gunner. You've seen my uh, my fishing stuff. Anyway, look more like uh, a Snoopy box. Okay, it was a kayak fishing. <laughs> There's not a lot of room on a kayak. Okay. Anyway, that's all the other thing yeah, there. But hey, the Eagles won. That's fun. They won a game. Uh, you got the tackle box at Toys R Us. <laughs> let me. All right. Let me ask. I actually went I'm to sorry. a Cabela's, and you know what I figured out? I I do not fit in at a Cabela. Anyway, no, so um, no, let no. me ask you. Let me ask you this question. Uh, is that yeah. a real moose? All right. So no. Let me ask you this question. Uh, the Eagles oh, right man. now. Now look. Hey, look. We got three games left in the season to watch this football yeah. team play. Right now, the Eagles are sitting at seven and seven. They are giving us those meaningful games in December, meaningful games into January, most likely. Right now, at this point, have the Eagles, I'll ask this question, overachieved for your expectations going into the year, or have they underachieved your expectations going into the year? Mm. Devin Gunner, whoever would like to answer that first, the floor is yours. Go ahead, Devin. Okay, I knew I knew you were gonna hand it to me. Thank you, Gunner, such a gentleman. And uh, I am I am delaying my answer right now because I truly don't know. Because I I think you know we talked about this, especially in the beginning of the season. I don't even want to say I had any sort of expectations. I just knew that this year would be a year of us kind of figuring out this team. I hate using the word rebuild, but this felt like an entirely new team going into this season. Mm -hmm. uh, and it has become an even, you know, I think they've, they've found their identity and I think they've exceeded my expectations in that. I do like this team's identity. I like who they're becoming. Um, I think I, I like Nick Sirianni. I like his vision. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, of course, Jury's still out on. So 
with that, I'm going to say they exceeded my expectations. They did Ooh. because not having any, and it's by not having any, I'm not saying that, you know, I, I went into the season thinking they weren't going to win a single game. It was just, I truly didn't know what to expect. You know, they had guys like Zach Ertz still on the team. They had guys like Jason Kelsey who were mainstays, but then they had all this young talent, all this new talent. Jalen Hurts still didn't totally know what to expect going into this season. So um, in that sense, aside from the few disappointments, especially with Jalen Hurts, exceeded expectations. Mm-hmm. Gunner, do you want to go next, or, or do you want me? To, do you want me to give you uh, give the be, be the buffer here? Uh, you go next. Uh, I, 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 I want to hear what you have to say first. Oh, look at you! No, in all honesty, here's where I'm at. The Eagles, as far as I'm concerned, have overachieved. They have a very good mm-hmm. shot to win ten games this year. And I will say, going into the season, I said the Eagles could win double digits. They could win ten games. If Jalen Hurts shows us that he's something special. And I thought in the second half of this game, most notably, and even in the latter stages of the first half, he showed that he could be something special. He Look, I am not going to skirt the issue. It was an awful throw to Dallas Guy that he made a play on. It was an awful decision that he made that throw to uh, Devontae Smith in the corner of the end zone in double coverage. Awful decisions. But he bounced back from it. He bounced back from his fumble. He played a very good second half. Show me you could be special from here on out. Was the Were the opponents great in the second half? No, they even lost two more guys. They're starting corners in the second half of this game. You can only play what's in front of you. You can only be the difference for your team if you're a quarterback. Be the difference for your team in the positive way. You can be the difference in a negative way. Be the difference in the positive way, and that's what he was in this particular game. And on top of that, Nick Sirianni's play calling, his game plan has gone along with what Jalen Hurts does well. Run the football. Cut down on as many throws as he has to make, but he had to make a lot of them tonight compared to the other numbers that he's put up throughout the year. So be the positive difference, be the good difference on this team, and he has been that. They have they have a very good chance right now of being a 10-win football team after winning, what, four games last year? Mm-hmm. I'll take that. I'll take that every day of the week, especially when you're talking about a quarterback who went into the season having, uh, you know, for the first time ever, as the starters reigns in his hands, and even that was questioned. And a coach who has never been a head coach or play caller in the NFL before, Nick Sirianni. So, yes, I will take as an overachieving team right now as they sit at 7-7. Seven and seven. If, if you ask me if they've over or underachieved based on – To this point. Uh, everybody's expectations going into the season for the most part where everybody considered them a 6-7 or seven win team, I would have to say they are overachieving right now. And I think if you go back and look at any show tape we've done, what I said consistently was I wanted to see this team just show growth. I didn't care about the W's and L's. I wanted to see growth individually and collectively at a number of positions, and and we're seeing that. And here we are. I projected them to win six, seven games on a number of different platforms. They have seven wins with three games to play, and as Mark said, they very well could be a 10-win a team for this season and get to the playoffs. I didn't think they could be a playoff team. And this, as Devin likes to say, she didn't want to use the word rebuilding. So I'll say retooling year for them based on what Jeffrey Lurie told us. It's a retooling year in a lot of ways. You had a lot of question marks about the quarterback. You had question marks at wide receiver, question marks at linebacker, question marks in your secondary with Rodney McLeod starting the season on IR. You know, um, so there were a lot of big question marks about this team. And as the first half of the season played out, based on the strength of the competition they were playing, those question marks were justified. But then things started to pan out for them. We started to make a turn. Nick Sirianni went in a different direction with the offensive game flow. 
He wanted to assert himself as a running team. That's what they started to do, and they've continued to do. Jalen Hurts is improving as a quarterback, and again, I believe it's because they're asking him to do less in the passing game instead of doing more in the passing game. The, the pressure now is more so on the running game than it is a passing game, which has turned out to be a great thing. The question marks we've had at linebacker, the linebackers are starting to play better now. I still have my concerns about the defensive front getting pressure on quarterbacks, especially inexperienced quarterbacks and lesser-tier quarterbacks uh, like the likes of uh, uh, you know Garrett Gilbert and who's coming up in Mike Glennon. You know, somehow, way along the line in this league, Certain things that we are coming back to bite you. I hope it doesn't. But, yes, I would say they have overachieved up to this point. Hopefully they keep overachieving until they get to the finish line. Look at us. There's a bunch of optimists over here, a bunch of optimists all of a sudden. Well, uh, I'm a mean optimist, by the way. <laughs> I yeah, make it. I, I wanna, boom two shots oh i can't wait oh my goodness i can't wait uh, gunner i know you're around i know you were around this guy a lot and i had the distinct pleasure of meeting him when i was in eighth grade at our lady of mount carmel in doylestown this guy came and yeah. spoke to my class and then i had the pleasure of getting to know him a little bit my, myself Devin, i don't know if you've met him if you've talked to him but harold carmichael is by far one of my favorite humans to ever set foot in the city of Philadelphia. And he just happens to be, you know, Hall of Fame football player now, Hall of Fame wide receiver. Six foot eight monster wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now Hall of Famer got his Hall of Fame ring at the ceremony at halftime today. Uh, had his signature on the field. If you caught Mark Sanchez broadcast on it, he talked a lot about Harold Carmichael and his handwriting. Uh, Harold Carmichael to me is, is just someone that is one of those people that is just a very, very special person. He, He's a guy you know when he's in the room because he's, he's got a very kind demeanor to him. He doesn't he's not a boisterous person at least not nowadays, but I couldn't be happier that he finally got into the Hall of Fame. Well overdue but well deserved. Harold Carmichael gets honored tonight getting his Hall of Fame ring during a halftime ceremony at Lincoln Financial Field. Gunner, I know you're around the guy a lot, man. What jumps to mind when you think of Harold Carmichael? Well, I consider Harold Carmichael a good friend first and foremost. The first time you ever meet him, he is an opposing figure um, at 6'8". But then once you hear him speak and you want you listen to him, how he engages people, he's a very soft-spoken individual, a very, very um, gregarious person by nature. You know, um, when he gets comfortable around you, he, he's just the life of a party. Uh, loves to joke, loves to smile. If there was ever somebody you could root for to have something special happen to it would be you know that guy uh, because of how he treats people um and you know when you talk to him at a practice he makes you feel like you've known him forever and that's a rare trait especially from uh, current and former athletes um so the fact that he made it to the hall of fame i couldn't be happier for him because if anybody deserved it he waited a long time didn't know if he was going to get in and if he said if i do i do if i don't i don't you know he it didn't bother him one way or the other. But obviously, when you get such a prestigious honor, obviously you're like that little kid on Christmas morning again when you get to open that special gift you've been waiting for. And that's, you know, kudos to Harold Carmichael for what he did as an athlete and what he continues to do as a person. Yeah, Devin, one of the things that I remember about him was he said that if he couldn't, if things didn't work out for the Eagles, which they did, obviously, he was going to go across the street and play for the Sixers. And I remember thinking, Man, that guy is, uh, he's got confidence. He's got swagger. I love that. And he probably could. I mean, he could probably still play for them now and, and be probably a good addition. <laughs> Do you ever oh, think oh, we will? Oh, 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 oh. 
They might need him. You could sign, sign replacement players now. So maybe Harold Carmichael will go over yeah. there and play for them as well. After he takes, you know, Jalen Rager's <laughs> job, he'll go play for the Sixers as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it, it, Woo. It, will we ever see a dominant six foot eight wide receiver in the NFL again in this pass happy league that we're in now? Will we ever see that type of target of that caliber again, Gunner? You know what? I never say never. Uh, mm. It has been a rarity, as we we found out, um, you know, based on the history of the National Football League. But usually if you're 6'8", you're playing basketball. You're not playing football. Uh, but I never oh, put anything. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Gunnar. I didn't mean to cut you off. Don't we have a tight end who's like 6'7"? Yeah, 6'7", tight end. Yeah, he's 6'7". Yeah. 6'7", tight end. Yeah. You know, yeah. he hasn't gotten a lot of play yet. But, you know, but, I would, but you know, from a wide receiver perspective, you know, tight ends are getting bigger. But, you know, we see a lot of 6'5", 6'6", yeah. tight ends. You mm-hmm. know, but when it, you're talking about a 6'8", wide receiver, my goodness. You know, Calvin Johnson, who played for Detroit, what was he uh, back in the day, 6'6", six, six, in the 90s, 6'6", 6'5"? That's a pretty big receiver right there. Most receivers are in that range of 6'2", to 6'4". You're talking about a guy who was 6'5", 6'6", had a wingspan like a 747 jet. So I, I don't think it's ever going to become a commonplace to see a six-eight wide receiver in the National Football League, but I'll never say never because if the, if there's one thing this game has taught us about watching this game, always expect the unexpected. <laughs> Certainly, and I, I I do remember bumping into him after because I remember one of the things that made me think about Chip Kelly and and be like, wait, I don't know if this guy's really it. Was that it was in, under his regime that Harold Carmichael basically let, got let go, and I remember talking to Harold Carmichael mm-hmm. about it after the fact, and I go, hey man, how you holding up? And he's like, I'm bored as hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and and but he was jovial about it. He wasn't like sad about it. He's just like, I'm just bored, man. Yeah, hit me up anytime, basically. And I remember thinking, damn, this guy, you cannot rain on this guy's parade, man. No matter yeah. what, you cannot yeah. rain on his parade. Um, now going back to the uh the, the game at hand tonight uh, and what happened after the ceremony for Harold Carmichael was that you saw a much more aggressive Eagles offense come out there. One thing I did pose earlier in the show was talking about what if. What if the Eagles implemented this type of game plan? Because, Devin, you mentioned this as well. The early goings of the season were very rough. It was enjoyable to watch that Atlanta Falcons game and watch the Eagles go out there and dominate. But after that, the way they played against the Kansas City Chiefs, the way they played against the Oakland Raiders, the way they played against the San Francisco 49ers, there was no run game established. And you go into that Dallas Cowboys game, let's not forget, and you handed the ball to a running back twice in the first half of that football game. And then we look at the last seven games now, what, seven straight games, 175 yards plus on the ground alone? That is insane. I never thought we'd say that about another football team ever again, let alone the Philadelphia Eagles that have been pass happy for the vast majority of my life. The way they have played this game, if they would have played those first couple of games of the season, the way they played over the last seven, I think we're talking about, Devin, maybe a very different outcome, especially going into the last three weeks of the season. You think if they ran against the Cowboys more, they would have won? I think they would have had a much better shot than getting blown out right. the way they did in that game. Yeah, yeah. That, that game still goes down as, I think, the worst game of the season. That was just... Oh, by yeah. Yeah, by bad. far. Yeah, by far. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm so glad that Nick Sirianni finally listened uh, to the fans, to our bullying, to our complaints. Uh, I keep seeing tweets and everything on online saying that we basically bullied him into running the ball more and look how it worked out. But I think it really is all about catering to what our team can do. And I know... You know, maybe Jeffrey Lurie, maybe guys up top want a pass-happy offense, but that's not what we are. And 
I, I like that we finally found what works for us. I just hope we can keep our, our running game and the guys who contribute to it healthy. Because I feel like every game now, even this game, we go into it kind of saying, well, someone's going to force us to throw. Someone's going to force him to throw more than run. And, and thankfully, we didn't see that too, too much today. But who knows what's going to happen with the rest of the season. Yeah, Gunnar, I think we're looking at a – I think we're breathing a little bit easier in these last couple of games of the season as opposed to just going, okay, what are the Vikings doing? Like you said earlier, yeah. the Eagles can control their own destiny. And they, they absolutely can, but they still need help because the Vikings have a tiebreak over them right now. I think because of a conference record, but right now the Eagles do need that help. I don't think we're talking about that if Nick Sirianni maybe runs. And here's the other thing that we also forget. They were they were losing to the Chiefs by, I believe, five points in the fourth quarter. Now, were the Chiefs shaking in their boots? No. But as the Chiefs were doing early in the season, they were making mistakes, a lot of them, that cost them some football games. You never know if there was going to be something that was going to be coughed up, another turnover that the Eagles could take advantage of. Maybe if they were in a better spot in that game earlier, maybe if they were a little bit more committed to the run, we're talking about something different in the season. But bottom line is, I'm glad they fixed it. I'm glad they made the adjustment. And I'm glad that they discovered this was the best way to play football with the guys they have in place. I'll agree with you there, but I'll disagree with the statement that where you said that uh, we can breathe easier now. Because oh, we would the, be able to breathe easier. We, we would be able be, to breathe yeah. easier now. Because yeah. when, when I look at what is happening around the league week to week, when you look at a Detroit team that could have can't packed it in a long time ago, rise up and beat an Arizona team. When you look at a Saints team that doesn't have a quarterback and they shut out Tampa Bay and you say, well, Brady didn't have, you know, Chris Godwin, who unfortunately uh, the kid's out for the season now. Mike Evans went down. Well, you know what? When you're, right. go when you're the GOAT, you make everybody else better around you, you know. So I want to hear he didn't have his receivers. I mean, go back in the season. Aaron Rodgers took a Green Bay team in Arizona. When Arizona was undefeated, he didn't have his top three receivers and found a way to win that game. Right. So everything is unpredictable. You know, you can't let your guard down, you know. And I said that from a fan base also. Don't get comfortable talking about, oh, we got this, this, and this. No, 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 no. Because, you know, we've seen it time and time again consistently in this league for the last month. Somebody rises up when you least expect it and all of a sudden pulls off a shocker. And, and should the Eagles beat the Giants? They should beat the stuffing out of the Giants. But it's a division game. Should the Eagles beat Washington in a rematch? They should. They have the psychological edge going into that game. But when they face Washington next time, that Washington team – probably is going to have a few more players back. They're going to have Curtis Samuel back. They're going to have one of their two so-called top-tier quarterbacks back. They're going to have some more of their defensive players back. They're going to have you know, Kyle Fuller back. You know, So that's going to be a different game, plus that game's being played down there. So there's no, there is no such thing as a gimme in the National Football League. Heck, Jacksonville's even jumped them and won a couple of games. Nobody thought that, you know, that would be Doug, possible. Doug Peterson's future team? Is that what you're talking about, Jacksonville? Yeah, 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 Doug You know, God bless him if he takes that team. That organization is is basically a hot mess. <laughs> yeah, but they, they got that Trevor Lawrence. Hot yeah. mess. I love Trevor Lawrence. I do believe if they ever get Trevor Lawrence, the right offensive line personnel, and, and get him the right talent to throw to, I think Trevor Lawrence could be something special in the National Football League. But right now, it's like playing for the Three Stooges organization down there. <laughs> Do you think Doug wants that job? You know what? If anybody could go down there and, and change the culture, um, uh, look at what Doug did here when he came here after what Chip Kelly did to basically destroy. Oh, um, wow, yeah. The, 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 the destroy the, 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 the chemistry uh, of a lot that was going on here. 
And in just one season, Doug Peterson changed the culture, changed the mindset. Um, he was gracious to everybody he talked to from the lowest person in the organization on up to the, 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 the top person. And that's what they wanted, somebody who they could talk to uh, and feel comfortable around, not someone who was a dictator who thought he was, you know, holier than thou and Chip Kelly, you know, and, and, and unfortunately for Chip Kelly, but fortunately for this Eagles organization, they got rid of him before he had three full years into this thing. Um, so, so yeah, you know, I, I think when you look at what Nick Sirianni is to this team right now, I think he's very similar to Doug in a lot of ways in terms of personality. Um, you know, he wants everybody to feel comfortable around him. He's authoritative when he has to be. Um, but, you know, I think the culture is being established here, which is a very good vibe for a lot of people within this organization. All right. We're going to be back with our uh, our game balls. We're giving them away today, folks. We're going to be giving game balls away again, which is always nice. Uh, we're going to be right back with live post-game show in a few. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears the city of philadelphia sparkles during the christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of ibew local 98 to learn more about who we are what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
Welcome back, live post game show. We are exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Book your New Year's Eve weekend at Ocean Casino and go for the live shows. Go for the win. Before we give away our uh, our game balls here, uh, Gunner, I want to make sure we get your uh, fishing expertise in this final segment here. Uh, what do you got for us? Well, no, um, uh, I was just going to bring up the fact that uh, you know uh, Devin had asked me, "Hey, Gunner, uh, would you take me fishing?" So I said, I, I asked her a series of questions. I said. Oh my ever, God. I said, have you ever been fishing? Um, have you ever caught a fish? Have you ever baited a hook? Have you ever hooked anybody in the backside? And so she answered all of the questions. Uh-huh. Uh, and I said, well, are you willing to use live bait, meaning like worms or minnows? Right. And she said something about putting peanut butter on a hook. I don't know. No, no, I did not. Oh, you didn't? Oh, what did you say? I'm no, sorry. No. Since Center. you've been embellishing all night, I thought I would throw mine in I here think, as well. No, no, no. I think my <laughs> answers in order were, um, yes, I have been fishing. Yes. Yes, I have used a lot. I've used worms to bait or whatever. I don't even know how you say it. And no, I've never yeah, used yeah. peanut butter to go fishing for. Oh, then I asked her, would you be willing to use li like live minnows? You right, know, right, right. Said, oh, no. Yeah, I'd that's where I drew the them, line. I'd rather set them free. I said, what? <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 you, no, 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 yep. no. Yep. See, my concern, she get out there talking about, you know, it's too hot, I'm thirsty. Yeah, no, I can't have this. It's breaking a concentration. I'm trying to fix it. Hey, Mark, you know, it's funny. I'm glad you brought it up because earlier when we were talking about fishing, I'm looking at the comments of somebody, I don't know if they know you um, or not, but somebody said, Mark Frazetta's um, probably is a pill box instead of a tackle box. <laughs> I thought that's the line of the night right there. No, that's, oh my God. that's my man, T-Bro, who is a regular commenter on my show. He saw the show okay. that where right. I was going kayak fishing, and I had okay. you on before right. I went kayak fishing, and I showed you the little tackle box. And the little, it was there's no room on a kayak. I wasn't gonna bring the like big a, tackle box, it looked like a pill box instead of a tackle box. It did. I will confess, yes, it looked like a pill box. Is it Monday? Violet. Yeah, gotta take Violet. my back pill, you know, like that's fine. Did I ever, did you ever go fishing on a kayak? Me, anybody, no, <laughs> there's limited space. Anyway, but who goes space. fishing on a kayak? You're like moving around all the time. This guy, yeah, a, lot of, a lot of guys do. I, I wouldn't do it because you know my knees be hurt, my back would be hurt. No, I can't do that. Sit down. Not a, not a kayak. I'm fish from boats, but not a kayak. No, no I'm see, not doing it. Kevin, just just to be fair, I was asked all the same questions by uh, Derek Gunn. It's I true. have used minnow. I caught my first ever fish. My first yeah. ever fish. Yes. with a minnow. So there you go. And that Devin, was have my... you ever caught a fish? You have caught a fish. Me? Yes. Yes. Oh, you have. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But I always throw them back. That's the thing. Well, that's that's right. that was, there's nothing wrong with keeping the population moving. You know, it bothers me that people that just catch <laughs> catch stuff and just, you know, just throw it on the shore and let it die. You know, if you're not going to eat it, you know, put it back in the water. Let yeah. it live. Yeah. I prefer to eat it. I'm all about that. I prefer to eat them. I yeah, prefer Mark, to eat them. But, yeah, but you can't be eating little guppies like this, man. They got to be a certain size, dude. Man, you know, man, how, hung, how hungry you am I? You don't want them the size of a potato chip, dude. You can't do that. <laughs> can't, All right, man. Let's get to our game balls, oh, ladies and goodness. gentlemen, with the Eagles getting the 27-17 win over the Washington football team. Who wants first crack at it? Who wants first crack at giving away a fine game ball to many, many people that are up and eligible for this? Oh, all right. You two are fighting again, so I'll go first. All right? <laughs> And I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave it open. I'm gonna leave it open. I'm gonna leave it open. So I'm gonna take somebody that I don't think one of you guys is gonna take here. Okay. okay. All right. 
Don't call him a leprechaun. Call him an elf. Because in the first half of this game, he played like an elf, and then he played like Santa Claus himself. I'm going with Dallas Goddard. Had a career day. He had a horrible drop. He had another bad drop, but he bounced back later to make sure this team could move the football down the field. And if he doesn't jump up and make that catch that he later made in that game, you're talking about maybe a totally different outcome. Maybe even Jalen Hurts getting benched at halftime, maybe, if he doesn't jump up and get that ball from Jalen Hurts when he threw in the double coverage the first time in this game. Dallas Goddard, my man in this game, seven catches, 135 yards, and was getting it done for the Eagles, especially in the second half. That's why I give my game ball, too. Now which one of you guys wants to go? I'll go. I'll go. Ooh, all right. All right. I'll go because Dallas Goddard wouldn't have been able to do any of that. Our offense wouldn't be as productive if it weren't for our outstanding O-line who had their backups come in and step up once again. Jason Kelsey was incredible. And people are forgetting on that Dylan River run, Lane Johnson was also downfield. These guys are mobile. They hold our offense together. They set up the plays for our guys. And they proved that they are one of the best in the league tonight. There you go. That's a good one. That's a great one, as a matter of fact, Devin. Derek, what do you got? I will keep the offensive theme going, and I'll give it to Jalen Hurts. Oh. Uh, I'm going to say 20 of 26, 296 yards. He didn't flinch. You know, he had played in 23 days. Um, you know, uh, came out a little bit rusty, uh, but he did what he had to do. He, he You know, he, he, he played with poise, he commanded the huddle. He made the necessary throws when he had to, stepped up and ran when he had to. You know, he contributed to this team, uh, you know, mowing over Washington for 230-something yards uh, rushing in this game. Uh, he did everything uh, that he was supposed to do in terms of managing a game uh, for this team. So I'm going to give it to Jalen Hurts. Wow. Look at this, ladies and gentlemen. A day where uh, Miles Sanders also gets his record. Uh, yeah. He does not get mentioned. And Greg Ward, somebody's mentioning it in the comments right now. Yeah. Greg Ward's great catch. It was a great catch. Uh, Ole, I believe is how you say your name. Uh, honorable mention to those two right there, folks. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Uh, thanks for listening to live post game show to everyone at six ABC.com and the Jacob media YouTube channel. Thank you. Guess what? Yo, after I missed, after, after I missed the hell out of you guys, guess what? I'll talk to you on Sunday. We, were I know. we get to see each other so much guys. Diga, I'm uh, so excited. <laughs> maybe we'll just, I am. Maybe Can ice fishing I'm emotional right now. Oh <laughs> no, brother! We, no, D guns ice fishing days are done. We're not doing that. No, right. I don't fish fish anymore. To all the elves and leprechauns and ogres yes. and your letters to Derek Gun. Yes. There you go, uh, guys. Fun time as always, especially after an Eagles win, getting the twenty-seven to seventeen win. Now we root against the Vikings. Is basically what we do here in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. and against the Saints as well. Thanks for watching, everybody. Had a great time with you. Xander Krause produced the program, did a phenomenal job as per usual. We'll talk to you guys on Sunday, hopefully after another Eagles victory. Merry Have a Christmas. great rest of your night. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas and Merry Christmas. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go for the steaks and the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24 seven. 
it's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. 